Hello everyone, uh, this is Devishri uh, again. Um, today uh, we have a wonderful guest. Um, her name is Morse. Um, and we will be uh, sharing a story about another uh, sister of ours, the, her cybersecurity story. And uh, she is uh, doing excellent in her career and you know, not thinking of stopping, like keep going and going. And I love to, it's an honor to have uh, Morse uh, today in this podcast. And I met Morse uh, a year ago in one of our virtual event where we got to discuss, and it was a panel, we got to discuss the different biases in uh, technology and ethics. So um, that's being said, uh, let's uh, get started. Hello Morse, welcome, how are you? Hello, Devonshire. I'm doing great. I'm doing wonderful today. So um, welcome. It's an honor to have you here. Um, would you uh, introduce yourself? Start with how do you pronounce your name? It's an honor to be here. And yes, uh, my name is Marche uh, Brianna Moser. Mm -hmm. And a little bit about me is um, my journey started when I was probably in middle school and I spent a little time going to a weekend summer program and it was called Youth Engineering Society. And it kind of taught me a little bit about um, math, engineering, science, building those skills. And that awareness that I uh, learned, I kind of took it through my education and really wanted to home in on my computer skills. I really liked it. And so going through the military, I joined the military because we didn't really have money um, to go to college at the time, single parent household, mother being an educator. So my story is just that, you know, I had to find a way to figure out how to pay for my education. So with the military, they give us the money, uh, GI Bill, education to go and pursue your career. And so I worked alongside um, trying to get that bachelor's degree. It took me 10 years to get my bachelor's in computer science. And then I also um, was dedicated to go, obtain two master's degrees, uh, one in cybersecurity and one in uh, computer information systems. And then currently I'm working on my PhD. So I can tell you that, uh, you know, you just continue to make uh, reach that goal that you want to do when you set that uh, for yourself in the very beginning. And then my career went from the Air Force and transitioned me to IT uh, position and even being an adjunct instructor for about 10 years. And then now I'm currently in the DevOps space and the software engineering space. And I currently work for USAA. So I'm really honored to be able to work uh, with for the military community and build the products, software development products that they need to be able to do their mission. And so that community is a, a piece, is something that I bring to the table to be able to interject and build solid pieces for our country's uh, countrymen. That's really awesome. That's so inspiring that... Um, you know, continuing, um, you know, and first of all, thank you for your service. And uh, it's, uh, it's great, like you continued with, you know, serving for your country and also serving for, like, you know, getting an education, you didn't stop, like, you know, it's, 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 um, it's so much like, uh, at a time, like full of plate, what motivated you keep going towards education and continue? 
Um, I think uh, just motivated from the beginning with being exposed to those that in the engineering space, in the computer space, and just having those connections and having people mentor you along the way. And for me, that was just like really challenging to solve problems and put things together and take computers apart and put them together and really learn how to do that or troubleshoot a problem and being able to resolve it. Those types of skills and learning just gave me some kind of satisfaction. So it, uh, I gravitated to the computer world and really felt really good being in that world. But it was such a big and diverse field. So it was like, what do I actually want to um, major in. So I'm one of those, you know, different people that I, I know a lot about a lot of stuff about IT, from software, hardware, database, web design, and then I'm now specializing in the cyber side, and learning software engineering concepts, and um, then actually like reverse engineering malware analysis. So I have a vast knowledge base, and I really want to help others um, get to where I am and make their road a lot easier and let them know that it is possible. So that's what motivates me. Yes, it is possible. And uh, being a child <laughs> educator, uh, you mentioned your mother was an educator. My mother is an educator too. So we can connect with that, that the life is not simple when you are like, you know, you have to be committed towards education. So <laughs> when mothers are educated, um, you know, there is a saying that when you educate one woman, it's, you know, entire generation gets educated. Um, that's a kind of valid. And then um, in cybersecurity world, um, I whenever, you know, I'm educated too. And I, I share with my students that, being in cybersecurity, you have to be have jack of all trades and um, master of all. You don't have to be master of all, but having different knowledge is beneficial. And you are the great example where you mentioned that you do have like, you know, programming skills and other um, understanding, um, you know, like, you know, reverse engineering and programming and then, you know, software development. So like, Having knowledge is really helpful to, uh, you know, uh, continue the cybersecurity career. That's great to hear. And definitely um, your, with your story, there are many people who are, you know, asking the same question that, you know, where should I go? Should I continue like 10 years to finish bachelor's? And it's like, you know, keep motivating yourself that, you know, I got to finish line. You know, um, there is a saying that it doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you finish. And you are the like biggest example in front of us. Thank you for sharing because like, you know, it's an inspiration for me as well, because sometimes as a woman and women in minority, we kind of like, you know, get, get really like, you know, when that challenging point, tipping point that what should we do? What's the next question, you know? Um, and your story is so inspiring. Um, I can't even believe that, you know, I'm talking to you and that's such an honor. Um, Moving on, um, my question to you is, um, how did you choose this career like, you know, cybersecurity? It means like you would have gone towards, you know, computer science, like software engineering or any other spaces, but why do you pursue cybersecurity and why, what motivates you continue pursue cybersecurity? That's a very good question. Um, I believe I've always had, um, uh, just really a desire to work with computers from the first TRS-80 and Apple computer that I had 
access to when I was a kid. I was like the kid with a kidney jar when I had it because I never had my own computer. A Commodore 64, you know, and I, I those were big and bulky computers then. And so it was like, how do you, but my thing is I like security and I like to be able to analyze different situations and be able to predict worst case, best case scenario. And I think that is what drives me towards cyber. But cyber didn't exist when I started my education track. So well, it was like, I didn't know what I really was trying to reach. But I can tell you that um, in the military, I was military intelligence for 10 years. So being that I was security of intelligence, network security, you know, national security. For me, I saw that lens, but I was like, I really want it around computers. I love that I'm doing national security, but can I do it with computers? So when I was going through my education, there was still nothing that really gravitated me towards the cyberspace. And so basically taking those network security classes that I just, you know, sucked up like candy and, you know, was excited to take, but it wasn't a lot of those. And so my job was just really trying to figure out how to get there. And then um, finally, I was just like, I'm going to redefine myself. And I took masters of cybersecurity and I was like, okay, now I'm really defining myself in the cybersecurity space. And then I'm working on a PhD in um, information security management and also cyber operations. So that really helped me home in that, yes, for sure, this is my area. This is what I want. And so I'm in software engineering. And what I did is I gravitated to the security pipeline, security of development, security of the pipeline. So it's always been embedded with me in every aspect. So that's how I've gotten there. Um, so if you can't find your role, sometimes you got to make it. You make it by finding ways to get access and be a part and be a part of that um, that space. I strongly agree with you on that, like note that um, sometimes or many times, even if like, you know, we are similar, we are different. Uh, we are born to not to, you know, um, stand in rather than stand out. And um, many times also, if we don't know what we want to do, but we are pursuing technology, sometimes we also have to have a trust that, you know, we, we have to have a patience that, okay, it's not working today it's not working tomorrow but it will work uh day after tomorrow so having trust that and faith in yourself like you know you mentioned that having confidence of with yourself like you know when you started your career in cybersecurity, you'll be like that at that point of time cybersecurity was not that big or maybe big in 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 a certain context or you know in military intelligence or any kind of like you know uh defense sector but like uh I'm talking about like even 10 years ago in 2010, um, 9, 2009, it's, it's like um, cybersecurity was like more into like, it was more software engineering. But now it's always like, you know, even if you are developing a software, it's secure coding is now big. Like, you know, software engineers are more encouraged to build a product which is more secure because, um, you know, like, you know, users needs to be secure because of what currently going on. <laughs> The cyber attacks is happening, you know, like it's, it's happening. And um, it's, it's, it's fascinating to hear that, like, you know, it's like, um, you're continuing your PhD and um, 
like the research in you know software engineering with the um, you know cyber operation that's phenomenal um even if like you know we know that um you know bachelors um it's like you know uh take some time but phd is another ball game like it's another story you know folks who go through bachelors and masters they think like you know phd is another journey right and it is like you know five to seven years commitment if you want to work and publish a new new um, idea of research it's not that easy it's not like an you know, instant gratification phd i always say folks who have gone through phd i have seen them it's not instant gratification you take a small problem small bite what you have studied like you know bunch of uh, it's like if you are studying the world um, in your bachelor's in your master's you're studying a country and in your phd you are studying literally like you know one bite or um like if I like, you know, in data set, I'll dig it down. It's very small portion. You take it and try to like find something new. How do you um, manage your PhD while working full time and, you know, having a family? Um, that's really good question. Uh, being that I have always worked throughout my education, um, you know, my bachelor's, my master's, I've always done it secondary. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's really highly dependent on my time management, my schedule. Um, my kids, even though I was out of the military, most of their, you know, preteen lifetime, um, <laughs> I ran it like a military, they said it was like a schedule. And that just helped me have peace of mind that I knew that where everyone was and where they had to be and how they got there. So that I also knew what my time was to be able to do my homework, do that paper that needed to be done and all of that. So I would put everyone's schedule down hard coded and find places in there. Even if it was staying up till two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock, I did my best time, best work at that time to get things done. And so that has really, um, I've kept that with me throughout all my programs. <laughs> Yes, you mentioned like a great um, context of being a mother and, you know, having a military role in your <laughs> household, which is, I think that all mothers um, will agree with like, you know, ha handling children and going through means like that didn't stop you that make you more stronger. And I think that um, our audiences who listen, like, you know, having a mother's perspective brings to another, um, you know, context that like, you know, if you are a mother, um, it's you still have opportunities and continue don't give up, uh, make your um, strength it's, it's the strength and find a way to get it done. It's very, very important. It's such a fascinating uh, uh, story more say like, um, Yes, means I have that role to be played in future, maybe. Um, it's not sure at all. <laughs> uh, but hearing that story and by looking at my mother, you know, having children and going through, she was, uh, you know, working throughout, you know, uh, during pregnancy and, you know, after pregnancy, like continued with like, you know, full, um, now she's retired. But that's what the seeing and, you know, you are the best example of, um having children full-time opportunities and kind of like schedule wise it's like you know um yeah we say like you know super mom <laughs> super mom in super cyber security super mom cyber security so it's like sharing your knowledge with um you know veteran and continued on military it's like you know everything i just don't know what to share maybe in our following 
uh, webinar, uh, if we have one or two, uh, you have you back, we will uh, break it down of how did you manage like, you know, military role and then, you know, uh, your motherhood and then, you know, your uh, school uh, um, uh, role and full-time opportunity and being a spouse. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's definitely an honor to, to explain that uh, as I've I had to create a way to to make it, make it possible because I do I firmly believe that you have to start the clock. You can dream, you can aspire, but you have to actually make hard goals and start that clock for you to be able to have a finish line. Because if you never start the clock, then you can't finish or um, see yourself getting past that goal. Um, so that's important to me. So I live by that. <laughs> yes, that's great. It means like, you know, I've been um, hearing that with other, like, you know, my mother and myself, I'm the first person to come here in the United States. It was tough because nobody ever came to United States, not even abroad. So when you are the first or you are like, you know, in, in a small population in a world of like, you know, huge scenario, when we talk about cybersecurity, the representation of women are very, very less. Um, there is no path or there is maybe not example. So be the example. And, you know, uh, by seeing you, yes, we, we are the example. We be the example. And yes, it can happen. Um, that's being said, um, did you face any challenges? And I um, would you like to share any challenges you faced during uh, pursuing your cybersecurity career? I hope that some some of the challenges you'd like to share story, which maybe like you know our audiences might be facing as well. Oh, definitely. Um, I can share some challenges that I had. Uh, I would say my undergraduate. The biggest challenge I had was. It was um, my senior year, I was close to graduating and one of my um, cla um, my classes, courses I had to take was LISP, L-I-S-P, that language I just could not get. And it really <laughs> took a lot of time for me to spend with my teacher. And I mean, I literally had to get it by osmosis and sit there and mind meld with them and <laughs> try to try to pick up all the knowledge I needed to learn to do this class. And that was prior to everything being so available over the internet nowadays, where you can look stuff up and have more access to things, tutorials and programs that can help you and so I had to physically go down there and I was like I can't fail this class I have to do it I have to pass I, and so it was really going to the instructor really trying to let them know that I really want to pass and I'm just not getting it can you help me and um, he was very helpful in helping me get through that that I graduated that program um, the other thing that I would say I had the most difficult challenge is um, I experienced a hearing um, disability for me. And so I attended um, my class with um, a lot of instructors that tend to have a heavy um, dialect or um, or just the fact that I just don't understand what they're saying. And so um, with that, I've had to um, be present, sit up front, let them, and that was before me figuring out how to fill out an ADA form, and which is a form that you can uh, report your disability and get some assistance from the university or college. And so I had to kind of sit up front, take notes, 
figure out what I didn't understand, ask the teacher for visuals and things like that. And so I really was active in trying to manage that appropriately so that I could be more effective in my program. Um, and then I guess um, my third challenge would be um, military brought a hiatus for me in my program. I had to take a one-year deployment um, to Korea and I had to do it unaccompanied, which means you don't have, you can't bring your family. And so I was over there for a year and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do while I was over there for a year. And I've always been in school. So I had to enroll in a program. And that's when I changed my major um, because I didn't state prior to that. Um, my major was biology and I was pre-med. Um, and that was my turning point to pursue computers because I said, to the education officers over there in Korea, I was like, well, I'm here for a year. What can I learn in a year to get myself so that I'm not, you know, holding myself back or, um, you know, delaying myself in any way, shape or form. And they said, well, we have computers. I was like, okay, sign me up. And that's when I started that computer and I just kind of launched and went heavy into it and never turned back. So um, I, I found it to be important that you have to understand what you want to do and figure out how to accomplish that goal. And it might mean you have to ask for help and be okay with that yes that's like you know asking for help and as you mentioned you know while initiating our discussion it's like many times you know we get up early in the morning or you know whenever we want to get up and we have so many plans we want to execute but we just like have this uh anxiousness that what is going to happen so the 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 perfect way as you mentioned just do it and, 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 and have, or if you don't have resources, ask for it. There are some people who will tell you no, but there are people who will tell you yes. And you need that one yes, who is telling you yes. And then your journey starts from there. And it's, you are such an inspiring example for that yes, that, you know, what can I learn? I don't have access to my pre-med resources in this different country. I do have resources to computers. So let's learn it right now we'll figure it out after a one year that where the process will go. So rather than like, you know, having to wait, you, you know, it, you started a wonderful journey and we are glad that you changed your major from pre-med to cybersecurity. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just like, I'm so excited to have you in our um, uh, field uh, than pre-med. So, so I don't know, that's a loss for doctors. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. I can tell you. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> My other family, they're all nurses and nurse practitioners. They all hold that down. So I got the computer space. <laughs> yes. And, and then, you know, you will be a doctorate. So it will be another doctor. So that will be like awesome to have like, you know, a saying that I do have like doctors in cybersecurity. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's um, so it's um, uh, uh, my next uh, question to you will be like, you know, after this point is that what advices do you want to give to our, um, you know, this generation or next generation who are pursuing cybersecurity in all age group? What, what advice you have, like, you know, a couple of advice you would like to share? 
Definitely. Um, I would say it's important in your journey uh, for cybersecurity to do, um, if, if you want to know something, look it up on the internet, like a day in the life of a software engineer, a cybersecurity analyst, that will give you a better picture of what they do. Um, when you find terms that you don't know, um, if you're not, uh, you know, understanding what it is, look it up and then um, ask and don't be afraid to ask people um, because you can make those connections with people and they'll be happy to help you when they know that there's something that you want to do that they uh, are doing. They'll be excited to help you on your journey and mentor you. So you should seek a mentor in any way, shape or form. That could be in your family. That could be out in your church. It could be in a professional organization you're in or a school program anywhere. Get access to a mentor to help you through that journey. And being able to activate and actually talk about what you want, you say it out loud, really makes it um, firm as a firm decision. And then it also allows you to have accountability for yourself to be able to follow those goals. Um, so I'm really firm on making those goals um, present to myself. Like for me this year, I want to serve on a corporate board and I put that out there for myself. And I also want to get a certification. Um, and, and so putting that out there sets the groundwork, makes my mind fertile for knowing that that's what I want to do. And everything, every thought process, every thing that goes through my head starts to help me frame myself and shape myself towards that goal for the rest of the year. And that it shows up in everywhere that everything that you do, whether it's work, home, uh, in the community. And so being that I bring up work, home and community, that's very important. You can volunteer in your community uh, with cyber programs like CTFs, uh, which are capture the flag competitions. Um, you can also uh, help with local colleges or local uh, high schools or middle school programs to help you build that application knowledge and be able to talk about it. Being able to talk about it in a um, in an understandable tone uh, and be able to kind of um, put those together for people to understand you personally when you're talking allows you to build that rapport and communication skills that you need to be able to be more effective because those are soft skills that we're trying to bring up upskill you for because they're vitally important in your career. So those are things that I think um, would really help you as a person in any field or capacity that you choose to go into in cybersecurity. These are really great advice. And I agree with you that um, start volunteering. And uh, once, once you start learning and giving back that learning to someone, actually reaching and reaching your knowledge. And that's what I learned in my journey is that if I'm learning something or any of you uh, and you share a great advice, share with something, teach somebody. It may be your younger brother, it may be cousins, it may be your local schools, local churches, or any religious organization other than church, if you are part of any like, you know, local community colleges, or even if like the groups, you know, like, you know, we talk about like, um, you know, helping people like, you know, um, there are so many ways we can give back 
to our community where we're part of, which is very, very important. And look it up and, you know, something you want to learn, first look it up. And I think that we, we are lucky to have internet in this unprecedented time of COVID where um, also like, you know, COVID, like, you know, it kind of, it, it, it impacted severely with the population, but folks who are continuing with cybersecurity, I think that cybersecurity has a major career field due um, because of COVID-19. And, um, you know, it's like very, very important than ever um, when we talk about, um, it's, it's very, very um, like, um, what can I say that like, having um, perseverance of knowing something and going after is very, very important in this um, field and constant learning. It's like, um, you know, if we stop learning in cybersecurity, then like, you know, next day there will be another attack. <laughs> so um, that's like, you have to keep teaching yourself and keep learning yourself and keep giving back. That's how you, um, you know, uh, we explore. And thank you for sharing that advice. It has been very valuable. Um, that's being said, um, I would like to know who inspires you? Like, do you have any inspiration, any, um, um, you know, uh, inspiration in your life you would like to share with our audiences? Oh, definitely. I would say my children are the most important people to me that they inspire me, uh, learning, realizing that I help shape and mold them as people. <laughs> as productive citizens in society, um, I really took a lot of time to help um, them grow and nurture and become more, um, you know, present in themselves and knowing what they want and what they want to do. And so through that, uh, I have three and three children. And so they were all equally different. Mm -hmm. And so they all had different areas that I had to really tap into. And just saying that that diversity of um, skill or across domains as mm -hmm. far as performance, uh, industry and band <laughs> and an athletic uh, industry that I'm not really a part of. <laughs> I've learned a lot in that process. And for me, they inspire me. So I want to be the best role model that I can do for my children. And so that has really set me up um, to continue on and persevere. And I think I've done a wonderful job with that. And then now my husband also encourages me because with him, him being also from a different, he's from a different country mm -hmm. and to see how his culture is very different from my culture. Cause I was born in the USA. Mm -hmm. And so seeing how I can help impact, uh, on a global scale has really opened me up to seeing how, what what I can help do to help leverage and impact that work. And so those two things really help me to continue on now as I see that I can go further, I can reach for the stars and, and reach a lot higher. So yes, yes. definitely. That's so awesome. Yeah, like ch children, you know, being a mother, like, you know, that inspires you. And you, you mentioned um, the diversity aspect to it. Yes, diversity of ideas, diversity of representation, diversity of, um, you know, skill set. 
like not only one, like rather than interdisciplinary approach, like um, that's what I've been uh, emphasized um, growing up uh, when I went to college for my bachelor's. We didn't have the option for studying in college because, um, you know, in uh, Indian education system, it's more like, you know, you take one major and you go with it. There is where I was studying, like that university didn't have like dual major, like triple major, like in um, in this country has. But now I think things has changed. It was long ago when I went to, um, it, it has been decade ago, I think I went to college. Um, it's for my bachelor's obviously, uh, but I still uh, connected to education institutes. So that is, I think that it, education is not leaving me alone, which is funny. Um, I enjoy it. I'm just like, you know, it's, just to make it fun um i'm just using it but yeah i enjoy what i'm doing now but true that's like you know um kind of a great story to share um any final thoughts before we wrap up and it has been a great um you know um journey to hearing your story inspired by you i'm literally fired up and i hope that like everybody who is listening they will also fire up as well uh any final thoughts uh before we wrap up Oh, yes. Thank you so much for having me. And I am honored to be here. This has been a wonderful conversation and insight into helping others. And that's my cause. Um, the final thought that I would leave you with is that it um, that you can do anything that you want to do. Um, if you can think and, you know, plant that seed in your mind about something that you want to do, then you can do it and you can achieve it. And I can give you this one um, thought that I can see. Um, when I came to my new company that I, I was there only a, a year and a half, I've been there, and someone talked about the Grace Hopper Technology Conference. And that is like the biggest women's computing uh, conference uh, that is here across the world. And so for me, it was like, oh, that was my first opportunity to try to make an impact because I had never done a conference presentation prior to that, but the seed was planted when someone said that if you do a Grace Hopper presentation, then, you know, you are definitely being, making an impact in, in society. So I was like, oh, that's the bar. Okay. Well, you know, the conference was due for me to put the submit my materials within a week. So I wasn't ready. So I was like, okay, well, not this year. And then it came around the next year, which came around and that was 2020. And I said, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to try it. I went ahead and put in two because I'm an overachiever. I'm like, hey, if I put in two, I might get one. So I submitted two different uh, CFPs, which are proposal proposals. And I can tell you, I got accepted for both. Now, being that that was my first ever conference, and I was like, and then of course it was virtual due to COVID. I was like really trying to navigate that. But, you know, just the fact that I was able to make a goal for myself to say that I could do it, even if I wasn't sure I had the tools, I wasn't sure if I was ready, was I even on that level, but maybe I just need to learn the process of it, right? I gave it a try, shoot for the stars, I did it and I was accepted and I was able to complete both presentations in August 20, I mean, in October, 2020. So, for me, I can say that it's truly something that you can do. You can accomplish it if you want to, by any means necessary. Just 
have faith in yourself and give yourself a try. So thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank you for being here. Um, It's great to share the story of Grace Hopper because I was a Grace Hopper scholar in 2014 when I was in graduate school. And I also spoke at Grace Hopper as well. Uh, It's a huge conference and it's, um, you know, Grace Hopper is the first Navy admiral of women admiral uh, at that time. And, um, you know, I uh, met many, uh, you know, wonderful women uh, um, and male allies who um, are part of Grace Hopper. And um, I'm also doing uh, part of a program committee member, their security and privacy group. Uh, I review like uh, talks. So I don't know whether you submitted in your um, uh, cybersecurity (laughs) category (laughs) or not. I I don't remember, but... um, uh, so that's what, like, you know, I've been serving in the uh, group of cyber, uh, uh, Grace Hopper from last six years, six or seven years. I forgot the date. Another conference um, I also would like to mention is Women in Cybersecurity WESIS. And I encourage everybody to join. This is uh, started in 2014 uh, by Dr. Ambarin Siraj, and it has been huge. They have several chapters all across the globe. Check it out. Um, the conference uh, now CFP has been closed for 2021, but um, you know the conference will be happening. I think if I correct the date, um, uh, it's September. Um, so yes, it's happening in September, 2021. So check it out. Um, thank you so much. It's, it's been great to have you and, uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you. Have a great one. <laughs> <laughs>